Should we kick this fucking thing off, man? Should we get the kick? <laughs> you bastards. What's going on, everybody out there? You motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys. I, that's that's how I know that I have real loyal fans. Because you guys sat through a podcast that sounded like fucking garage band. What's going on, everybody? Why didn't nobody tell me that the mic was fucked up? Nobody, nobody called in. I told you I got the call-in number now. You guys, make sure you call into the podcast. You got to tell me shit like this. 651-515-6581. Come on, guys. I had a shitty mic, but you guys still sat there and heard me hear me bitch and complain about the Lakers, my son, and all kind of shit. How long was that podcast? It was like a fucking hour, wasn't it? A whole lot of bitching I did. I was bitching and complaining and on a scruffy-ass mic, we're back. I got the shores uploaded. It's taking me a second, guys, to get back into this regularly scheduled program. But like I said, um, that's how it's going to be happening. Once a week, you can expect an episode of the podcast. Once a week, you can expect... Uh, North Star Podcast or the North Star Television Show that's on YouTube. Hopefully, hopefully you guys are following. Like I said, click the links. I just I'm going to talk to you guys. I just um <clears throat> officially today we just um released the Savoir Fairs. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So the Savoir Fairs and 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 one thing before I go into this, like I said, we're going to talk. I'm going to talk my shit on the podcast today. I am definitely one of the most creative minds to ever come out of Minnesota. I'm going to fucking claim that all this shit that I've created, like me, with people, like my best friend, rest in peace, Quincy Blue, we co-created um, Cancer, which is basically, if you want to say the parent company, or you can say a, a, a co-company of Rhyme Sayers. So just the fact that my fingerprints are on that movement. I didn't create Rhyme Sayers. That shit was created by Sluggo and, you know, other people. Ant and other people created Rhyme Sayers. I'm just saying that cancer, they learned how to do it from cancer. And I created cancer with my best friend B.C, right? Which is a big cultural group. So the, the fact that Atmosphere is one of the biggest hip hop groups to come from the Twin Cities, Minneapolis. And my fingerprints are on it creatively. Right? So that's that. Boom. Then I did it again with my friends. We did Street Kings. Fucking tore the roof off the city. Had the city in a smash. Right? That's my fingerprints again. Simbali. You guys can look around and talk about this person's great and that person's greater and this is all. It's the, my fingerprints are there. Right? So that's Rhyme Sayers, Cancer, Street Kings, Simbali. My fingerprints. Then all that goes to shambles. All kind of shit happens and I'm left out here by myself. No support system. Just me, Solo, Dolo, and Apollo. Yeah, traveling Dolo from state to state like Method Man and Belly. Goddamn right. Just me. And I start something again. Again. I start something called the North Star Podcast. Named after Frederick Douglass's newspaper. The first black publication of a newspaper. First time black people got their hands in media in America. It was Frederick Douglass, North Star. So I grabbed it and I turned it into a fucking podcast and I fucking upped the podcast game. There was no fucking podcast game in Minnesota. I'm going to say it. There's no such thing as podcasting. Shut up. Local celebrities, that, that's the only thing that I, that I knew about. And I knew about everything. I know about everything. And all I knew about as far as podcasting, like where do I go? Who do I fuck with? Local celebrities. They had the podcast. So I went down there. 
and I learned and I seen how it goes. And like I said, if you listen to the last album, the last album that I actually put out, which is called Don't Quit Your Daydream, which should have been Don't Quit Your Day Job. (laughs) I'm going to keep it a buck. That was my worst album. That album was like really showing my transition out of music. If you listen to the Don't Quit My Daydream uh, mixtape, if you listen to it, it was really a lot of me talking, a lot of interviews. You can see me transitioning into something else. I was getting really bored with music. And not necessarily, when I say bored, I just mean creatively. It didn't do it for me creatively anymore. The street niggas has gotten into it. And anytime street niggas get into anything too much, it loses the, what's the word? The luster. It loses the luster, the feel, the what makes something something. When street p- niggas get involved in it, it's just about money and killing and drugs and murder. You see, look at what happened with hip hop that fast, that fast. From hip hop to Tribe Called Quest to a little bit of gangster rap here and there to just you let the street niggas in and it's oh, oh, like whole dirty bastard said, oh, my people. I mean, sorry, singer daddy. Method Man said that. Yeah, the street niggas got in. I was like, this ain't fun no more. Rapping keys and bitches and drugs and nah, fuck that. I was trying to get away from that. Why would I rap to get into that? Kill Tupac and Biggie. I'm trying to get away from murder. Why would I fucking want to rap? So I started to lose my my fascination and my love with hip hop. But uh, the album that I dropped, my last album I dropped called Don't Quit Your Daydream, which should have been <laughs> Don't Quit Your Day Job. It sucked. Had a few good cuts on there. The song I did to my uh, my boy B.C was good. Something on my mind. That was a good song. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I started to do podcasting. I wanted to do something else. So anyway, like I said, I ran into the local celebrities and I started to learn. I went to the podcast and I learned, and then I took the podcasting game into something else. Now there was zero, there was no podcasts out when I started. No star podcast broke his fucking went, broke his teeth. There was no other podcast out me and the local celebrities. That's it. Now you got all kind of podcasts and I'm happy for them. I'm happy. Like I said, say no more. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy for the live on Lake Street. I'm happy for all the guys out there that, and I made them do it. I pop shit so long that I'm the best. I'm the only one. Can't nobody fuck with me that they niggas had to start their own shit. Like you can't be the best. And I'm still the best. I'm still the fucking best. I'll give up what you say. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking my shit today, buddy. I'm still the best. You guys are catching up. You got some good shit. You guys got a little bit of good shit, but I'm still the best. Can't nobody talk that shit like me live. You know what I'm saying? In person. A lot of people can do it with editing. A lot of people have the right guests. A lot of people might have the right people behind them. But you being the nigga, you, just you, in a room, can you be that nigga? I've always been that guy. I've spent my whole life that guy. You know what I mean? And I don't mean popular. I just mean the fucking person that can go into any room and make that room fall in love with me. That's my ability. And now I'm bringing that ability to podcasting, which is a perfect platform for it. So anyway, what am I talking about here? I'm just talking my shit. Is that all I'm doing right now? I'm just talking my shit. Yes, yeah, so I'm def- Oh, me being one of the best creative minds. Yeah, so I did fucking Rhyme Sayers, created Cancer, co-company of Rhyme Sayers, Fingerprints, Street Kings, Fingerprints, and then I start the North Star Podcast, Fingerprints. Now, who do I get on my show? I, I got the kind of guests that people can't get. You know what I'm saying? You look at a lot of the other podcasts out there and You'll see guests on their podcast and maybe on my podcast, then on another podcast. You will not see Charleston White on anybody's podcast from Minnesota. You just won't do it. You just won't do it. You will not see anybody have Dr. Umar Johnson on their podcast. You just, you just did. These things just don't happen. You will not see a nigga from Minneapolis, the Twin Cities, who grew up where I grew up, Riverside Projects or the. Parkview of projects in North Minneapolis 
grew up in the culture that I grew up in interviewing politicians. You just won't see it. Shouts out to Chris Masolia. What, I, what I've done with podcasting is basically break down the doors for all real podcasters and people who are kind of, well, what's the say? What's the word? Politically incorrect. If you say things that might go against the grain, I've broken down all the doors with me talking about George Floyd. Niggas would never. In the midst of the George Floyd shit, in the midst of the George Floyd thing, I was out here saying, fuck that nigga. I don't give a fuck about George Floyd. Neither do you. Fuck you talking about. If people cared about George Floyd, then we wouldn't have a crap a crack epidemic. Did you guys miss that? The same drug dealers that are out talking about George Floyd, I love George Floyd. All the drug dealers, the niggas sell dope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you niggas didn't sell dope, there would be no George Floyd. So I'm not just saying I don't care about George Floyd. You don't care about George Floyd. Fuck you talking about. So yeah, me being so radical broke down the doors for now black men can speak their mind. They can say certain things. And I would like to see you guys do it a little bit more. You know, I can say that you guys are kind of tipping your, you guys are kind of dipping your toes in the water. Go ahead, put them ankles in, put them knees in, swim, get in the fucking water. I'm in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. The shit that I talk about is in the middle of the ocean, but it's good to see that the new podcasters, the new Negro podcasters, I'm not worried about white guys. White guys don't really have to do too much. If you're a white podcaster, you really don't have to do too much. Do you? All you got to do is grow a beard. (laughs) All you got to do is grow a long beard. Sit there and kind of look like Adam 22 or Vlad TV and just the niggas will take it from there. You get a, a big camera and a night man, please. You get a white dude with a beard looking like Adam 22 or Vlad TV. The niggas will take it from there. We'll spill our whole life to you. The oh, I shot my mom in the ass. Does that make you happy, sir? Fuck out of here, man. But I'm talking about the Negro podcasters. You know, the Negroes, the white table talks, the say no mo's. You know, the niggas coming up on the chitlin circuit. I love them niggas. And I love the fact that they're able to speak their mind. And it's because of me. I'm so radical that it makes the shit that they say seem docile. You know what I'm saying? And the shit that they say, they're like, oh, good. Whoo-wee. Good. They're talking about live on Lake Street. Who? Good. They're talking about because Simba Ali takes this shit to a whole new level. Did you hear what he said about the teachers? Yeah. See, that's the shit I touch on. You see white table talks and shouts out to all my niggas. They will not touch that. They will not say what they know they need to say. You was think about all your teachers. How many of them was good? Yeah, everybody out there, let's take a second. We're going to talk about the teachers protesting because I just drove by them today and I told them, I'll fucking get to work. But how many hands in the air, how many had over five great teachers, teachers that connected with you that you're like, oh, they're my favorite teacher. You have one, maybe. Most Most people have a list of asshole teachers. You don't have a list of teachers that you either have a list of asshole teachers or teachers that you don't even remember. That's because it was just a job to them. They didn't. Come on now. So when I'm talking about teachers, it makes me it it kind of makes me a little perturbed when people say, oh, nigga, my aunt's a teacher. And what about the good ones? I don't give a fuck about the good ones. Why would I give a fuck about the good ones when we're talking about police officers kicking niggas asses in? We don't say, what about the good ones? We don't worry about the good ones. They're too quiet. So why would we speak? Are we saying that there are no good police officers? No, we're saying that there's way more bad ones and the good ones are too quiet it's like trash you know what i mean when i'm talking about the teachers and i'm saying fuck you fucking bitches out there you black and white bitches all you black and white bitches out teaching shut up suck a dick and go do what you're good at eat something smoke a cigarette do that that's what you're good at don't talk about teaching you just want to break that's all and i understand that the kids want to break that's why i'm not condemning the kids all the kids out holding signs and marches god bless you guys I'd be out there too. Can I get a day off of school? But 
what they didn't know is the teachers are getting a day off of school. Yeah, that's what they they don't deserve a day off of school. No, nah, no, nah, the teachers don't deserve a day off of school. Fuck the teachers. Fuck every teacher out there protesting with a picket sign. Fuck you. You guys don't do your job. So anyway, when people when people come at me for saying things like that, they'll be like, um, Simba, what about the good ones? Well, let's let me use an analogy. Because I am analogy man, right? I am analogy man. I am analogy man. Since I'm analogy man, let's do an analogy. If I was tell if I was to tell you that I'm gonna drop off bags of trash, garbage at your house, what would you say? You would you would probably say no, right? No, fuck Simba. No, you ain't dropping off trash. Well, did you? And I would come back and say to you, well, all trash isn't bad. Yeah. Some, some if you cipher through trash, you're you're for sure gonna find what are those things called? Fabric softener cases? They smell like Bounty Fresh. You're surely going to find a lemon in there. You're surely going to find something that smells not so bad in trash. So does that mean that we say trash smells good? No, dickwad. Okay, because collectively and majority trash is stinking. It's filthy. It's where we put waste. So the good teachers are like that box of bounce. <laughs> the good teachers <laughs> I like that box of downy fresh that smells good. Okay, you're the good one, but it's too, you're too quiet. You're too quiet and you, you, you don't make a difference. Fuck teachers. Teachers are the front lines. They're the gateways to the school to prison pipeline. How, Simba, you might say. Why do you talk so vulgar about teachers? What do they have to do with it? They're just players in the system. Well, that's like, well, that's kind of like saying the criminal justice system. If we really put a lock on drugs and crime a lot of people are going to be out of business do you guys understand that that's the same way that the teachers operate the judges the clerks the probation officers the the sheriff all the people that play a part and would not have a job if it wasn't for crime they are complicit in the crime because how they deal with it do you guys understand kind of what i'm saying the judge don't care. The plaintiff, nobody cares about really stopping crime, really changing people. Rehabilitation is not a true part of incarceration. Just like education is not a true part of education. Did I say that? <laughs> I'm drinking here, guys. But what, what am I? What am I thinking? Intelligence. That's what I'm saying. Intelligence is not a true part of education. The same way that rehabilitation is not a true part of incarceration. They're missing the two. So when I see teachers who are telling kids to be quiet, I'm going to play. Let, let me let me show you guys what I mean. I'm glad I, I, I think I, I think I got everything hooked up today. So we're going to be able to play. I hope I didn't erase it because I was on. I'm on this like spree of trying to free up space on my fucking phone. And uh, God damn, I think I might have erased it, but it was, it was a great thing. And I, and I always like to have white women speak for me because when I say certain things, they'd be like, oh, you're. You're just angry black man. <laughs> the angry black man is at it again. I'm like, no, motherfucker. Listen, I think I did erase it. God damn. I can find it again. Hold on. We're going to find it. We, we have to play this because this is so. When people say, what is your problem with teachers? If you if you watch my and follow my posts, you can find out. Simba Ali, the number five, IMBA underscore Ali. Are you guys calling in or what? But listen to this system. They don't want us to learn about money because they just want to pump out good employees that do what they're told. I mean, if you look at school, it's opposite of what it takes to be successful 
in real life. Don't make a mistake. Do mm. as you're told. Take take tests by yourself. Don't cooperate. Do it by yourself. Do it on your own. And um, the last thing was, uh, oh, there's only one right answer. No, there's tons of answers to a, a problem. So you come out of school scared to death of making a mistake. You do everything on your own. You don't cooperate. There's no synergy. There's no brainstorming. And there's only one right answer. Everybody wants to get the right answer. There's no one right answer. So I think people come out of school paralyzed. I think the school system is criminal in that it kills a child's spirit of learning. You know, some a child goes into school all excited about, yeah, I'm going to learn and it's going to be great. And then the teacher says, sit down and shut up. Don't talk. We don't care what you're interested in. Ain't that see now? See that? See now? That's what I'm talking about. When I say these criminal ass bitches, black, white, whores, fuck you, teachers, because of what that woman just said right there. And that's what I mean. Kids start school before a kid ever even goes to school. They're excited about all the things that they're going to learn. And then they go to school and figure out it's just a fucking prison. It's an assembly line to get me to prison or to the job force. That's what school prepares you for. Find out who has behavior problems so we can classify them with special education needs and special kind of fucking things because they have behavior problems. We don't find out what the kids behavior problems. We just classify them as behavior problems. So the stigma follows them all through their life. Now their parents are saying they have behavior problems, putting letters on it. EBD, ODD, BGG, GGG, all this kind of shit. Now the kids walking around saying, yeah, you know, I got ODD. You bought into that? Well, yeah, my mom says it to me. My dad says it to me. My teacher said it to me. The three most influential people in my life told me that I have a learning disability because I have a behavior problem. 90% of teachers deal in that kind of miseducation when it comes to the children. 90%. Think about that. 90%. That's a very large percent. And when... When I was coming up, there was a movie called um, Lean on Me with Morgan Freeman. And when Morgan Freeman had a girl or somebody that was misbehaving, he would go to their house and say, what is going on here that is causing your son or your daughter to misbehave and act out in class because she or he is smart? Most kids from the inner city are smart. You just had behavior problems because something's going on with your mother, or your father. They weren't able to deal with their demons and their demons and their misfortunes. And their failures are falling on the shoulders of the kids. Now he's going to school hungry. He's going to school angry. It's the parents. So when you have these uh, teachers who are protesting in Minneapolis, I've seen them in North Minneapolis today. Fuck them all. When you see these teachers who are holding the picket signs, how many teachers get involved in the children's home life? See what I'm saying? It's a it's a double edged. It's a you got to if you're going to be a teacher, like I say, it's the highest honor one could obtain. You can't play with it. So so when, when I hear a woman speak like that about the school system, about how it crushes a kid's spirit, kid goes from I want to learn to, oh, I hate school. My son is almost getting to that. Oh, I don't want to go to school. Why do you, what ha, what's happening at school? We don't want to go and learn because you're not learning. Kids are smarter than we, <laughs> I think kids are smarter than adults. I think we get dumber as we get older, but kids know, wait, you're preparing me for something. 12 o'clock lunch. 
the school bell rings at 12 o'clock. That's the same time that I take my lunch on and if I was in jail. And that's the same time I take my lunch if I was on a job. You know who doesn't take their lunch at uh, 12 o'clock? Warren Buffett. Let's hear old Warren talk. Since we, let's not just talk about Warren Buffett. Let's, let's see. What is Warren Buffett, one of, the most, one of the richest men alive? What does he think about the school system? I'll let old Warren tell you. You tell us, Warren. I'd say investment teaching in this country in general is kind of pathetic. What you really want a course on investing to be is how to value a business. That's what the game is about. If you don't know how to value a business, you don't know how to value a stock. And if you look at what is being taught, I think you see very little of how to value a business. And the rest of it is playing around with numbers or Greek symbols or something of the sort, but it doesn't do you any good. I mean, in the end, you have to decide whether you're going to value a business at, at $400 million or $600 million or $800 million, and then you compare that with the price. That's what investing is. I don't know any other kind of investing to do. And the reason it isn't taught is because there aren't teachers around who know how to teach it. And since they don't know themselves, they teach something that says nobody knows anything, which is the efficient market theory. And if I ever teach physics, I'm going to come up with a theory that nobody knows anything. It's the only, only way I can get through the day. I mean, you get in the finance department because you sign on to whatever the present group thinks. And if they think the world is fine. All right, Buffett, you're just running off on some old guy shit. But anyway, like he said, he said they're not teaching Financial literacy. Why isn't that a class? Why does my son go to gym? He can do gym at home. Why is he doing gym? He shouldn't be doing gym unless he's going to be playing fucking basketball. It's real easy to see. Oh, that kid's LeBron James. He needs to spend a lot of a lot of time in gym. Okay, <laughs> shit. Yeah, little 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 Hakeem. Hakeem is six foot. Six foot two in the third grade. He's in gym. Okay, he's probably not going to do too good in math. But what I'm what I'm saying is, why are these silly classes? Why do we not have financial literacy? Why do we not? Are we not teaching um, how to start, open, maintain, and run businesses, corporations? Why are we not teaching science outside? It puzzles me. Science inside? Why? How the fuck do you learn about all science is? Is the mathematics of um, nature. Damn, I just came up with that. I'm a bad motherfucker. motherfucker. Science is just the mathematics of nature. Why aren't we outside learning it? Why am I in a classroom listening to red eye will turn the thing green and photosynthesis? Uh, shut up. I'm going to leave here. I'm going to go fuck Alice in the locker room. See, it's not kids' fault. I never blame the kids or the youth for what they do. It's the generation above them that's supposed to direct them i don't blame the demons for being demons but you got to go where demons go yeah yeah when we catch you i don't want to release demons back on the street now if you're a demon and you're young okay that's fucked up you know but hey nigga you got to go where demons go but i'm not mad at you as a collective i'm mad at the generation above so anyway like i said no teachers come on man no i'm not going to support people that funnel kids into special education programs nah stop it nope not going to be with it. What do they, and what do they want? What are they asking for? We want better, more, so we can have more and more and more vacations, so we can do more, more Instagram videos, so I can get more ass shots, so I can do get more dick. That's all these black and white bitches want. More dick in their funky ass pussies. That's all they want. They're not, you don't see teachers out there saying, hey, we're marching to stop kids from being labeled falsely into EBD and falsely diagnosed with learning disabilities. Why aren't they marching for that? Why aren't they marching for that? 
Why aren't they marching to teach kids science, technology, engineering, and mathematics and get rid of the fucking gym class and get rid of the art class and get rid of the health class? And if you're gonna, unless you're going to teach real health, unless you're going to teach true health, get rid of these classes that don't mean shit. Uh, George Washington Day. What the fuck? Fuck George Washington and Christopher. What am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I not learning a trade in high schools? Why are the trade programs pulled out of high schools? Please tell me that the teachers are marching about that. Tell me that the teachers in North Minneapolis and certain parts of South Minneapolis, they're not marching for better amenities. They're not marching for better money. They're not marching for more comfortable offices or more time off or ease, anything to make them more comfortable. No, please tell me that these black and white whore bitches, these whore bitch monger whores, these bitches, tell me that they're please out protesting to get trade programs introduced back into the high school so kids can have everybody don't want to go to college some kids want to be a plumber some kid might want to be electrician remember trade programs for the mess of the people that don't want to go to college and be in debt maybe i don't want to go to college and be in twenty thousand thirty thousand forty thousand fifty thousand hundred thousand dollar debt for an accounting course that i'm not going to use maybe i don't want to go to college to get a degree in fucking thermal nuclear whatever that I'm not going to use. Maybe I just want to be a, a fucking plumber, a, a carpenter. These are valuable things. So tell me that. And when teachers start marching about shit that matters, I'll support them. When I say the teachers are out marching, why? It's my first question always. Why are they out marching? Because I was ready to support the teachers. When I heard teachers out marching, okay, why? Because I was hoping somebody was going to say, well, you know, they think this, the fact that, um, a special education student is worth twice as much as a regular student. They're thinking that there's a conflict of interest there. They think the kids are falsely being diagnosed with learning disabilities because they have behavior issues and they're protesting. Oh, I'm out there honking. Uh, uh, hey, 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 I'm out there with y'all. Hey, I'm, 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 as a matter of fact, I'm bringing water, coffee, hot dogs and foods and all that kind of shit. And I'm, t- and I'm supporting you guys. And I love you guys. If you're doing that, you're supporting. What are you guys marching for? We want to get mental health more we want more kids to have drugs so they'll sit in our class that's what teachers want you cocksucking teachers why don't you try sucking a dick with your fucking head upside down someone bust a nut in your fucking nose why does every class have to be perfect someone once told me a salesman anybody can sell a fucking ferrari Anybody can sell a goddamn Lamborghini. Anybody can sell the Maybach. Anybody can sell a Rolls Royce. You're not a salesman if you sell a Rolls Royce. If somebody comes in to a car dealership and they buy a Rolls Royce, you're not a salesman. The salesman is the guy that can fucking move the Volvo. That's the salesman, the guy that can move the station wagon, the guy that can sell the Renault, the guy that can move the 1972 Chevy Lumina. (laughs) that's the salesman how the fuck did you do that that's good talking that's teaching that's like teachers but these teachers want perfect classes they want to come and have the teachers we're ready to learn mrs springfield we have no problems no energy we have no life no electricity we're gonna sit quiet we're gonna do everything you need fuck are you talking about man the real teachers is the one that can get jerome off the desk jerome get your black ass off the desk motherfucker Chandra, girl, go down to the office and put some real clothes on. Your ass is sticking out. That's the teacher that can get a classroom in line. 
And that's why I used to love those movies like um, Lean on Me. And what was the other movie with? Was it Stand and Deliver with Almost Edward Almost with the Mexicans and and the, and the essays? I love shit like that, man. I just I love when motherfuckers earn it. You know what I mean? If you're a teacher, you got to deal with the bad kids and then turn them good and have them saying, "We love you. We love you." you turned a bunch of bad kids good. That's what every teacher's job is to do. Because those kids that you do that with are going to go out and be contributors of the world. Just a job. It's just a paycheck. That's all it is. Come and get my paycheck so I can go buy my wine, go get drunk, go buy my food, go buy my car, go do my thing. I don't care. I don't know anything about what's going on with the kids in my classroom. I don't know about their ills. I don't know about their real troubles and triumphs that they're dealing with the kids. I don't give a fuck. I just want more and more comfortable. Hey, fuck you. I don't support you. (sighs) <sighs> what's going on up there? Mace airs out Puffy. Mace, god damn it, Mace. It's getting hard to defend Puffy. I can say that. It's getting fucking harder and harder to defend Puffy. I try to defend him. You guys know how I do. I, I try to stick up for people like like Puffy didn't did a lot for niggas. You know what I mean? Puffy didn't did a lot. But then when you look over all the shit, it's like, damn, this nigga does have a lot of shady deals. Which always just leads us back to why do we do it to each other, Right? It's not like Puffy is practicing some special witchcraft that never been seen before in music business before. It's like it's a common practice, right? Especially with niggas. That's the common practice. It's, it's not common practice with too many white people. It's common practice with Negro musicians. You guys are going to get fucked. White musicians, they're going to get fucked too. But they're going to get 30 cents on the dollar. If you're a Negro musician, you're going to get five cents on the dollar. And what bothers everybody about Puffy and others that are of that Diddy elk, of that Diddy tree, of that Diddy generation, and even before, you know, the Quincy Joneses and all these niggas. A lot of these niggas do this shit. But the, the, the thing that bothers us is if the Negro artists are getting five cents from the Jewish record labels, why when the record labels become black owned? Why is it when it's Puffy or Suge or Jay Prince or Master P or... Why is it when the black guy gets the head, it's still $5 to the Negro artist? That's, that's, that's what's always befuddled me with the music business. It's not how it's ran. It's not about how it's been ran like that. My whole thing is once I thought the whole purpose of us getting power was to change, not the game for everybody else, but to change the game for us. Do you guys kind of understand what I'm talking about here? That's, that's the big thing. It's not about, oh, he did something foul. Every, that's the music business. Negroes get five cents on a, on a record. My thing is, once we own the record labels, now we're in a position to teach. Again, see, that, there goes that word. We can teach our black brothers and sisters the game. And now we can show you about ownership and royalties and um, licensing and making sure that you're able to pass your talent down um, generationally. You see what I'm saying? But instead, <laughs> Puffy says, Mace, five cents on the Negro record. You know, and that's what makes people bad. It's like, damn, Puffy, why wouldn't you give him seven cents, 10 cents, 20 cents? Teach him. You know what I'm saying? Why, why do you got to give him the same deal? That's what fucks it up. But hey, you know what I mean? And my, my brother's keeper. This goes back to everything that I talk about with us. We have a lot of problems that if we don't address them and we keep making people like me tired, I'm tired of talking about the shit personally. Like I said, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm not scared. I'm not. 
you know, I'm just tired of beating a drum that I see that it's not, it's the curse of Malcolm X. And I'm going to let it, I'm, I'm going to let the curse of Malcolm X just develop into what it's going to be. Malcolm X came to me in a dream. He said, stop fucking with my curse. Yeah. Malcolm X is the first time that street niggas killed somebody prominent. We've had it since Tupac, Nipsey, you know, niggas didn't got crazy since, but prior to Malcolm X, never before had street niggas took the life of a prominent black person of influence. This is an influential black person, not to mention he's not an Uncle Tom. Niggas, street niggas never killed the Uncle Tom before, but let alone a black revolutionary hero, nigga, please, he reps us. Malcolm X is the streets. How are you going to get a street nigga to kill Malcolm X? Cursing Malcolm X. It's been happening ever since. So, like I said, I'm, I'm getting more tired about it than anything. I'm not, you know, people are like, why aren't you on it so much, man? I'm tired of that shit. I just want to see it play out. I want to see niggas get, go extinct like the fucking dodo bird. I want to see it happen. Yeah, yep, ain't no more niggas except in that museum down there in fucking Texas. In, in Niggerville, Texas. You feel me? Um, what else is going on? Like I said, we're just having fun here. I don't know why people are not calling in, but make sure you call into the podcast. I know I got to keep saying this number after a while. It'll catch on after a while. It's going to be so hard to get people to like, God damn, man, I'm trying to talk about something and people are calling in. But just in case you're wondering, make sure you can call into the North Star podcast anytime live 651-515-6581. That number again is 651-515-6581. Call in. You can call and say, hey, fuck you, Simba. This isn't, see, that's what I'm not, I don't do that. I don't do, you have to have positive energy to be around me. You are a cocksucker, Smith. You're a cock, you're a lollipop cocksucker. Nigga, you, somebody can call into this line right now and say, fuck you, Simba. You, your breath smells like a sack full of assholes. And I'm just going to get back with you. Like I said, motherfucker, don't, nigga, you just came to the wrong show. You came to the right show. What else is happening in the world? Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett didn't even have to do no time. God damn. I am not going to kill myself. I am not. I'm, I'm not suicidal. Nigga, please. You know what that shit was, though, don't you? You got to know what that shit was, don't you? Yeah, that's that That's that gay mafia. Yeah, that's that gay pedophile mafia, nigga. That's that gay pedophile mafia that killed Jeff Epstein. The same people that killed Jeff Epstein, that's who Jesse Smollett was screaming at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not suicidal. I'm not gonna hurt myself. Yeah, that nigga was screaming to the game of you. Don't you guys do it? Don't do it. They're like, let's bail this motherfucker out. This nigga can't. This nigga, game of you had to bail this nigga. I go get Jesse Juicy Smollett's bitch ass out of jail for this nigga. Fuck the whole operation up. I am not suicidal. Some Jeff Epstein didn't even do that. Jeff just walked. You know what I'm saying? Jeff took his shit like a gangster. Jeff just walked back to his fucking cell. Fuck it, nigga. I got money. This nigga fucking Jesse Juicy Smollett. I am not suicidal. <laughs> nigga, you is guilty. Nigga, you ran the African charade. Nigga, you ran the African flea flicker. You motherfucker. You can't run the African Chi Town Midwestern flea flicker. Nigga, you cannot run the African Chick fil A Subway flea flicker and not do any time because of it, motherfucker. Now you got people coming on the Breakfast Club. Who's this nigga that come on the Breakfast Club with his titties out? The nigga. The nigga that's a full blown nigga dressed up like a goddamn Medea's little niece. Yeah, this nigga out there talking about, we finna free Jesse Smith. Looks here, bitch nigga. You bitch nigga. <laughs> you bitch ass nigga. Nigga, that nigga didn't do nothing. But he's out though. That nigga didn't do no time. That nigga got out quick, nigga. That shit's crazy, nigga. 
My niggas are still in jail, man. That's what be fucking me up, nigga. I got niggas that did 24 years in jail, and you got young boy NBA is running around. YNO Smelly, that homicidal demon-looking motherfucker is about to be back on the streets. I'm Jesse Smith, yeah. All these niggas back touching down, and my niggas still incarcerated. Free brings and free DB. Um, we we are going here. We're in we're in rock. We're in riffing. What is happening though? Oh, fucking Maury Povich. Ah, man. Oh, the Maury Povich show is getting canceled after thirty years. God damn, thirty seasons. Holy shit. When did Maury when did Maury Povich come on here? Was it like ninety eight? Fuck. Yeah, the Maury Povich, the Maury Povich show. The, I am not the father. You are not the father. Sometimes you are the father. That's sh- that's crazy. That that show has like basically like a um a special time in a lot of people's lives. Like that show is like the screensaver. Is what I'm trying to say. The screensaver to a lot of people's phones. We're talking generational phones. The phone of your life. Maury Povich, man. How many times have you came home from work or not went to work? How many times have you not went to work? <laughs> How many times have you not went to work or not went to school or not went to whatever the fuck was happening that morning? And you just sat back and watched Maury Povich and just got a kick out of the woman that was so the bitch that was so sure that he he was the dad. I know you the dad. Ah, she was so fucking sure that nigga Maury. You, and sometimes you can tell when Maury cracks the, the envelope. You can tell how Maury look at the bitch. He look at the bitch like, look, uh, LaQuisha. Before I read these results, is there anything you want to say to Lamar? (laughs) 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 Oh, I fucking love Maury Povich. Is Maury Povich the beginning of the, you know, the marketing of ignorant of the Negro ignorance? Is that is that the beginning? I can't think all the time that I've watched TV. There's been different strolls. Black people have always had like this. This role of we're, 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 we're ascending. But when I think of Maury Povich, that might have been like TV lands awakening to the power of the ignorance of Niggerville. Follow me. Now, feel free to call in callers. Like I said, I'm taking callers. Everybody's calling in today. Thank you for uh, calling into the North Star podcast. We are rocking and rolling with a good microphone. <laughs> oh, but anyway, um, call in and let me know. Was Jerry Springer before Maury Povich or was Maury Povich before Jerry Springer or did they start at the same time? I know that Maury did. What did Maury come from? He came from another show like Dateline or Internal Affairs. Maury Povich came from something before he um started his shows. But anyways, I just want I just feel like Maury Povich or Jerry Springer. But see, Jerry Springer was almost like trailer park shit. Yeah. Jerry Springer had a lot of trailer park shit. It wasn't nigga. He would do a nigga. He'd do a toothless nigga every now and then. But his base audience was Trailer Park. So, nah, Maury Povich was basically the awakening the awakening of TV Land's um, understanding of the power of the ignorance of Niggerville. Like, the our ratchet, stupid nigga shit, you would think wouldn't be funny, entertaining, or important to anybody on the planet Earth. But they've got the whole world captivated by this. Every reality show is just nigga shit. It's just nigga shit. Now you got white women and doing nigga shit and Chinese people doing nigga shit and everybody being stupid nigga TikTok and shit. We have we have contaminated America with our niggaism. Yeah, that's why you go over North Minneapolis and you see teachers, these white women and these white men who just 10 years ago, just 10 years ago, this same day, the same time. 
they'd be at work doing something constructive. They wouldn't be out marching because they know marching doesn't do anything. If we're marching about it, that means we're too late. Yeah, if we're marching about something, that means we're too late. This is all just a show. So the people who we answer to can get big checks so they can come and tell us to go the fuck back to work. (laughs) But we know this. We know this, right? So, yeah, the, the same white people that I see out protesting 10 years back, they'd be at work. They'd be doing something. Now, niggerville and nigger tendencies has contaminated the whole world. Black Lives Matter and the liberals were all fucked up. Anytime some don't go your way, cry and march and whine and talk about my mental health. And you're doing this because I'm black or because I'm a woman or because I'm gay. Damn. The white man don't got no fucking, the, the, the white man don't got nothing, huh? Black man, even I got, I can do the race card. I, I use it sometimes just to get ahead. Today, this guy today, I used the race card. This guy was pulling up to the gas pump and he was, he had me. He, he, it was his rightful. It was rightfully his. It was rightfully his gas pump. And I stuck my nigga head out the window and I said, oh man, white man, you're going to do that. You're going to take, you took everything. You took the land from the Native Americans. You took my freedom. You're going to take my gas pump too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> Motherfucker. He was like, oh no. He was like, sorry, sorry. No, he was like, I was like, I am, you're, I am so sorry, sir. This was your gas pump. You, nah, I'm going to go around. I'm just going to wait. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go across the street to Shell's. I'm going to go across the street. <laughs> even I can use the race card. The white man can't do shit. He just has to sit back and just be guilty for something he didn't even do. White man just has to be lashed and, and fucked with for something he didn't even do 400 years ago. 400, 500 years ago. We don't even know if that shit really happened. And white people still got you fucking evil white motherfucker. Yeah, man. Free the white guy, man. Free the white guys, man. Give white people some freedom. Shit. Uh, what else? Ukraine and... I told you guys, I don't really care about white on white violence or crime. I really don't. I don't care. I don't wear the pen. I try not to talk about it too much, but it is something that's going on in the world. So we can talk about it a little bit. What's going on? Um, two American astronauts that were seen wearing Ukrainian pins said, no, nah, that's not what we were doing. Don't get it fucked up. <laughs> that shit is getting crazy. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's, I know there's a lot of actors and a lot of fucking weird players in this war. This is something that's a little bit different. Once I'm finding finding out the pieces and the players that are in this war, like who's, you know, the players, the, the shot callers, this guy's a comedian. This guy's an actor. This guy's like, wait a second, man. Is this a fucking, is this a real war? I mean, when people die, it's real. I'm just saying you, you guys get what I'm saying. Is this some kind of fucking coup? Because we know that there's a different change and shift in power, right? We know that America is not the leader. You guys do know that, right? America is not the number one leader. We all go, America is the best number one. No, we're not. We're number two. We're number two. We're a solid two. We're a solid deuce. <laughs> uh, and we might not even be two. Yeah, we are. We're still above Russia. Russia still depends on suicide novels, vodka, and AK-47s as their major edge support. We got them beat. But I'm just saying, people are creeping. India, people are creeping on a come up. China, China's number one. Okay. And America is slowly trying to get that superpower back. But um, we don't produce anything. America doesn't really produce anything except the food. That's that is one thing that we do. We feed the whole fucking world. So as long as we have that kind of headlock, that that kind of keeps us in a solid two. Um, 
I pray that Russia doesn't figure out how to feed the fucking world. I pray that, you know, Russian, what is it, borscht? What is it, borscht that they cook? I hope borscht never fucking takes off or else America's in trouble. But, uh, yeah, that's what's going on over there. But uh, I don't know. That's that, That's how we're rocking and rolling today. Thank you guys for coming to the North Star Podcast. Like I said, I'm just making sure I stop by, talk to you guys, keep you guys posted. Oh, um, like I said, the Savoir Fair is up and running. The website will be up officially Friday. Um, a lot of people are, it's funny, a lot of my family and friends, they come in my comment section and they say, hey, man, we would fuck with you if we knew where to find you. No, you wouldn't. You would, but not all of you. That's what I mean. When I say family and friends, I'm talking collectively, I'm talking collectively. Again, the trash theory. Think about the trash theory when I speak about things and then find out if I'm wrong according to that. When I say my family and friends don't support me, say, oh, he's saying totally. He's saying there's a few. Of course, my my mother's going to buy a sweater, right? My auntie Kelly's going to buy a sweater. My cousin Jana is going to buy a sweater. You know what I mean? But I have more friends and family than just that. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You should see when you come to Minnesota and you come to South and North Minneapolis and St. Paul, you should see Savoir Faire sweaters, shirts, shorts, hats, whistles, noun letters, socks and wristwatches everywhere. That's how many people I know in those areas. That's how many family I have in those areas. When I put my content out on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, it should have retweets, shares, and comments by these people. So that's what I mean when I'm trying to figure out who's fucking with me. I'm like, okay, you don't comment on any of my, you're, you're on social media way more than me. If I look on my social media, you got 68 pictures, you're on there all day, but you won't share, comment on anything that I do. I see my views are like, you can see the high views. That means people are watching, but they're not coming and engaging so you don't share you don't like you don't retweet you don't repost i got a clothing line you don't wear but then when i start talking about family and friends don't fuck with me these people are like oh oh who is he talking about oh 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 he's nigga i'm just stating the obvious <laughs> stating the fucking obvious okay so that's what it is but anyway to get back on this on positive note the savoir fair clothing line will the website will be up friday um, so to all the people out there that listen to the podcast and love the podcast, um, all my YouTube followers, um, I don't have that many YouTube followers, but my followers are strong on YouTube. I think I got like 2000 followers, but they make sure that they fucking check out my content. That's why I'm trying to get my clothes on there. A lot of people on my YouTube page have been, um, coming in, into my inboxes asking, how can I get the merch and the people who follow me on YouTube, that's my, that's kind of why I started to cater to them a little bit more for all the people that follow the podcast. And sometimes I have a tendency of going away. You see that he always stays with his YouTube crowd because they're like strong. Like they view my, they view my content, they comment, they share, they're active. They're in my inboxes asking about how to get the merch. So when you see me selling these items and people are like, well, who is he selling them to if his family and friends isn't buying them? It's mainly people on YouTube that 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 like I said, that group that is that I've accumulated on YouTube, they fuck with me hard. I'm trying to grow that audience is what I'm trying to do. That's why the consistency is key. That's why I'm making sure every week I'm doing a podcast episode and I'm doing a YouTube clips episode. By the way, this one this week is going to be hilarious. Don't like I said, you guys got to make sure you follow me on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. Check out the content. The content is funnier, greater, and more authentic than all the people that you're following. That if you've seen what it took for them to make the content and what it takes for me to make mine, it would make you value mine that much more. 
If you've seen like this dude just clicked this camera on and did it and cut it. These guys over here had a team. They had to write a monologue, a script. They had to set the cameras up. They had to get the light. They fucked up seven times. It didn't work. They edited it. They tweeted. They cut. And then they paid Instagram to promote it. And then they had a sponsor promoted on their page. And then they had five famous people share it. All of these things is how you see the people that you see. When you see my shit, that's raw. This nigga just did this shit right there and there. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Ah, oh, yes. Don't forget, common sense is the best form of currency because it can be used and spent anywhere. This is Simba Ali. We are out. Thank you for tuning into the North Star podcast, TNSP. You see that logo with my son. Um, don't forget to check out the content. We're talking about Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington got into a scrap. We're talking about that. And we're talking about Mace and Puffy. So, like I said, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, you're losing, you're wasting, and you're missing a lot of great and funny, humorous moments that you might not catch here. Like I said, it's... I'm one of those people. So if you, the things that I say on the podcast, I won't say on TNSP TV, right? TNSP TV. I got to come up with something right now. The North Star TV. TNS TV. There it goes. TNS TV. But the things that I say on that, I'm not going to say on the podcast. Things that I say on my Instagram, I won't say on TNS TV. So that's why it's best to have all of my chapters all of my segments all of my subcommittees in one briefcase so that you can unpack and enjoy me at your leisure this is Simbali, uh the north star podcast thank you guys for rocking to all the truckers all my truckers out there that have been rocking and listening to me sending me messages um thank you um for moving that shit you know i've got my little thing that i do locally but you guys who otr tear the road down you guys are like a fucking whole different breed you guys are monsters you guys get shit done in america I support you guys 100, 1,000%. Um, to the veterans out there who are out putting their freedom on the line for us so I can sit here and drink champagne, smoke weed, watch TV, and enjoy all the luxuries of America, thank you. And uh, like I said, to anybody else, uh, make yourself known. 